all costs representing 70% of municipal budgets. Unelected arbitrators would have extreme power over local spending contractual promises, regardless of a city or town ability to pay, said the League of Cities and Towns. This is the stated purpose of the bill sponsored by, now keep in mind, it's a conflict of interest. Senator Val Lawson, Vice President, NEA of Rhode Island, co-sponsored by key members of the Senate President Dominic Ruggiero leadership team. Prompt, peaceful, just settlement of wages, rates of pay, hours or terms, conditions of unemployment disputes between the municipal employees and their municipal employer. The bill directs the unelected three-member arbitration panel to consider wage and working conditions of other working similar jobs requiring similar skills in the local operating area. Others, cities and towns, comparable size, uh, hazards of employment, physical qualification. The Rhode Island League of Cities and Towns registered strong opposition to the automatic continuation of police and fire contracts and binding arbitration for municipal employees at an earlier hearing and again Monday night. In this statement, The municipal leaders said the three bills would force higher personnel costs on cities and towns and increase the burden on local taxpayers, making it harder for the municipality to gain concessions or make necessary reform. Among their arguments, an arbitration decision does not need to be ratified by a city or town council, which means that arbitration awards on wages or benefits could blow a hole in local budgets, increasing the likelihood higher taxes or service reductions. City and town councils lose authority over the budgets that they're supposed to manage. And the required comparison to pay scales in other cities and towns may not be comparable. Rhode Island has a lower per capita income than Mass, Connecticut, and New Hampshire. If an arbitrator uses these comparisons, cities and towns would be providing wages that tax base cannot afford. Cities and town leaders have the knowledge of what their communities can afford, said Charlie Lombardi, North Providence mayor and the league president. These bills put further constraints on our already limited resources and impact our ability to run our cities, said Providence Mayor Alorza. If contracted negotiations are indefinitely delayed in an economic downturn, leads to property tax increase and cuts in other public services, transferring power from municipal officials to unelected arbitrators to decide the fate and the price tag is incredibly irresponsible. For the unions, the senators heard another side of the argument. John Donnelly, president of the Rhode Island Fraternity Order of Police, told the senators the guarantee that the con- expired contract will stay in place ensures blah, 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 common sense legislation. AFL-CIO, Secretary-Treasurer Pat Crowley Writing in his role as government relations for the NEARI, contended arbitration would advance the interests of the 12,000 members of his union. We need a level playing field for unions and employers at the municipal level. (laughs) And, of course, the Rhode Island State Association of Firefighters also sent a letter of support. My goodness. Monday night's vote followed the approval by the Senate Labor Committee. A week ago, legislation giving continued contract rights to state employees days after it was introduced by Michael McCaffrey. Folks, I mean, in essence, listen, um, they're basically going to make it and they're leading towards that. It won't matter really what a city or town wants to do. 
it's not going to matter because they're introducing laws that would basically supersede um, what what you know is good for that particular community. I mean, it, it's not good for the cities and towns. This again, all the only people that this helps are in fact the union members and the public sector employed uh, private. No, public, excuse me, that would benefit from it. It's it's not needed. Uh, all you're doing is this is not good for the taxpayers. But, folks, this is becoming the entire state is now being driven by a very progressive agenda. I'm seeing some things on Twitter. Big day in legislature. Both chambers taking final votes on minimum wage bill. As if things are not difficult enough. Not difficult enough. Now they want to raise the minimum wage. I like the Rhode Island League of Cities and Towns oppose the bill. Here's the problem is when you extend. When you extend the contract. Um, there's no incentive for one party to ever renegotiate. Folks, think of, and, and it, it completely ties the hands. You would not, if, if your contract never ends, you never sign a new one unless it's, unless it's better than the one you have. If you're in a contract negotiation, and these are basically contracts for life. That's why they call them evergreen. What it would be would be you, you would never sign a new one unless it's, unless it's better than the one that you currently have. And many times there's no there's reasons to change a contract or there's, as we say, an economic downturn and they don't have the type of money or things just aren't needed as much as they are. The dynamic in the workplace changes, but they would never negotiate. You would never sign a contract that basically, unless it was better than the current one that you have. Now, I want to... Um, how about the fact that former President Obama, we don't know exactly what they are. Obama says UFO sightings are real. Former President Barack Obama has laughed off rumors the U.S. government has a secret stash of aliens in their spacecraft while conceding that there really are UFO sightings, but the government can't explain. He said, when it comes to aliens, there are some things I just can't tell you on air. Oh, we told James Corden. Look, the truth is, when I came to office, I asked. I was like, all right. Is there the lab somewhere where we're keeping the alien specimen in spaceship? They did a little research, and the answer was no. But, folks, there's more and more reports of things that are being, um, where there's something definitely going on that they can't explain exactly um, with, with what's happening. Now, I also want to go to Senator Marco Rubio said America's on the road to decline and humiliation. And I want to play his speech about, and he's exactly right, by the way. Um, I like him. I don't think he's ready to be president. But let's hear Senator Marco Rubio of, of Florida. While China is pursuing economic and technological dominance, we find ourselves here busy canceling people and demanding the use of the right pronouns to describe people or claiming that requiring a photo ID to vote is the return of a Jim Crow, Jim Crow era. 
We have placed ourselves on the road of decline and of humiliation, headed towards a world in which a totalitarian regime, one guilty right now as we speak of committing genocide against Uyghur Muslims, becomes the leading power on the planet and relegating our country, America, into the status of a once great nation in decline. We do not need to abandon capitalism and embrace socialism. You know, this is, it's frightening when you think about it, this is actually being discussed. Um, it really is. That we're even at the point where these types of things are being discussed. But they are, and they have to be. Because there's more and more socialists. And something I want to draw your attention to, folks, and again, good afternoon. Right now, it is 117 and it's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the show is brought to you by JKL Engineering. Now listen, JKL, they're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL Engineering at 401-351-7600. 401-351-7600. JKL Engineering. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call JKL Engineering today. 401-351-7600. With JKL. Now, it's going to be a hot summer. So why not at least explore the idea of central air for your home? And you can with JKL Engineering. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Call JKL 401-351-7600. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. They have the highest rebates on the market. Call JKL Engineering today. 401-351-7600. They do it right. They do it right the first time. Whether you're listing in Lincoln or you're listing in Bellingham, or Attleboro, or Cumberland, wherever you, or Smithfield, wherever you can hear my voice, call JKL. Central Air, more affordable than you think, more attainable. Estimates of free and financing is available, and they have the highest rebates on the market. Call JKL. Doesn't Central Air, that's a game changer for your life. 401-351-7600 for JKL Engineering. You know, there was a um, a great piece. I'll probably get into it tomorrow a little bit regarding um, the situation that's going on right now in the Middle East and with Israel, the Palestinians. Folks, it's all tying in this whole mob that was behind Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Now they've moved into the whole... Free Palestine movement. Now, what is this that I'm seeing? Tom Brady, unscripted series, is coming to Fox. How about that? Number 12 is going to have a um, an hour. Fox threw a Hail Mary. The network tease that's working with Tom Brady on an unscripted series. Didn't give any more details. Unscripted project with Tom Brady. Might be produced by... Um, he produced his own production company, 199. That was his draft pick. Uh, comes on the back of his latest Super Bowl win. Could he, Brady, be joining a remake of a British panel show like his Tampa Bay colleague Rob Gronkowski did with Game On or follow a uh, ultimate? T- no, I don't think so. Listen, if, if he's doing anything, it's going to just be to push TB12. 
I mean, that's really what it's all about, um, is to push uh, TB12. So, folks, again, right now, um, I can't stress enough how important the, the local elections are next year. The local elections, because the progressives are on the move. No matter where you're listing, whether you're in Woodsocket or whether you're in North Providence, or just, the progressives are on the move. And they are organized, and people that were activists are now getting involved in the process and running for office. And they want to make, they want to turn Providence into Portland. They want to make Providence and make Rhode Island really a more of a socialist type of state. Socialist type of state. Uh, But they are going to continue to push to get people elected. They work together. And their agenda is that of like a socialist communist society, which is, you know, redistribution of wealth and abolish police and open borders. And in their world, they accept that there's going to be some level of lawlessness. You know, I mean, the fact that when I interviewed that Senator Tierra Mack the other day across from the shooting and she's still saying, Oh, no, I I still think we should defund the police. This this is not someone who you would think like, well, wait a minute. This is right across the street from where I live. Nope. In her world. Let me play a little bit of this. This is yeah. This is uh, Saturday. The gang shooting. More of the cause you were saying about the shooting the other day on uh, Carolina Avenue about it's because of uh, poor water and asthma. I mean, there's a lot of systemic issues that lead to it. This is a community that is still fighting for quality education. Uh, Just this week, we had a principal resign. There are many systemic issues that are not just about the guns that are on the street, but are about families who want access to housing, who don't have hope, who want access to jobs. And Isn't this about criminals? This is not about criminals. This is not about criminals. Like the shooting the other night. We're standing across from a crime scene. We're standing across from a crime scene with two people were shot broad daylight at a playground. Nope, not about, it's not about criminals. It's about housing. It's not about criminals? Criminals don't just appear out of nowhere. They come from systemic problems. Right. But in order to solve it for the residents, shouldn't the city have the gang database reinstated? I don't believe so. I think we don't. Need to invest, I think we need to invest more into the communities. But what, what, but what would be the harm in... What does that even mean? Invest more in communities. Most of the people in that city don't pay taxes. What are we talking about? We need to invest more. How much more? Do you know what the budget is? They, I, I don't know. They, they don't even know what they're talking about. Knowing who some of the criminals are in the community. What would be the harm in preventing someone from a life of gang activity by giving them access to affordable housing, quality jobs, wages, and hope. Now, you know someone was shot and killed in Oneyville last night. I do know that. So we had eight people shot on third. You know, the, the problem is this is all just like in theory. They don't get things done, right? Like Cicilline and Langevin, this is an epidemic. They love just talking. They love giving speeches. It's all theory. Um, people don't shoot people, guns do. Like that whole thing. They're not talking about personal accountability. They're not... The, the majority of the public depends on the police to keep the streets safe. That is the system that we have. But when people start to, there's no accountability. It's all just in theory. 
She wants to have a social experiment at the expense of the people that live in her own neighborhood. Tonight, a fatality last night and two people shot here. Don't you think this is a time for something automatic to be done? Yeah, and I think this... What you're talking about, that's more of society adjusting things. I think affordable housing and investment in affordable housing can be automatic. There have been people who've been fighting for it, like myself, at the State House this year. I mean, this is your neighborhood, Camp Street. Yes. So, now, but right now, what is your reaction? And again, folks, with us is... uh, Affordable housing... Across the street from a shooting. Look at the ages. There's a problem. There's a problem that they're allowed to form as gangs. There are, you're not, see, this This is a problem. She's considered a leader, by the way. She's considered a leader in the progressive movement, if not a star. She's a state senator. There's less of them. Everything's theory. It's nothing practical. You know, um, there's nothing that makes sense that someone's going to be able to rest easy that night. There's nothing like that. Hey, folks, on this um, on this Tuesday, you're listening to the John DePietro show. I want to remind you about our friend at Bethel Certified Soft Wash Power Wash. Listen, let's get rid of the grime that is outside on any surface. And you really see it now. You can contact Jared, B-E-T-H-A-L, Bethel Certified Softwash, 401-617-2585, 401-617-2585, Bethel Certified Softwash. And the website is RhodeIslandSoftwashing.com. He's also on Facebook. The before and after photos are really incredible. And let's get rid of the algae and the moss and the, you know, the staining and the before and after, whether it's a fence or a deck, or a house, or a building, or a restaurant, whatever it is, uh, let's get rid of it and clean it out with Bethel Certified Softwash. Look for their website. Again, they have a, a terrific website. It's RhodeIslandSoftwashing.com, RhodeIslandSoftwashing.com. But give them a call, and you can text Jared for a free same-day text estimate, 401 617 2585-617-2585, Bethel Certified Softwash. Well, folks, again, good afternoon. Um, I, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't, I'm not sure where this is going to go simply because I'm not hearing that a lot of these people, I mean, to me, the, quote, elected officials don't seem to have the answers. Here we're, here's what we're going to do, though. We're going to take a quick break right now, but keep listing a lot more ahead. And um, stay tuned. We are going to take a break in 10 seconds on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Stay tuned. A lot more ahead right here on the John DePietro. The pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever. Guaranteed. Call Lawn Doctor today. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com, or call them 401 392 
1025. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovas Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 401- 272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident... First thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics, if you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. To Petro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, petro.com. Today is Tuesday. It is May 18th. And yesterday, today, yesterday, um, excuse me, I think it was a significant day. Simply because in the morning you had the congressional delegation get up and they had a press conference and you had Congressman Cicilline, Congressman Langevin. I, I just don't think they offered any plan, solutions. Instead, they just talk about they're going to try to get federal, national gun legislation. That's not what the problem is. And then in the afternoon, uh, I did attend the press briefing at the Providence Public Safety Complex. Providence Police did their job. I mean, they've uh, arrested these gang members that were involved. But I want to play for you. These were the comments yesterday, the mayor of Providence, when asked, you know, mayor, what is your plan to try to hold these gang members accountable for the shootings and the gang war that has broken out in the city? Okay. Okay. 
But what's the message to the community? But what about the business owners? You have a lot of gang members. Or you call them groups of people. Why not gang members? All right, so that was Mayor Alorzi yesterday. Now, I want to draw your attention. And this is something that a lot of people don't realize. But if you log on at my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, look at the story, can Alorza stop the gang war? And something that a lot of people are not talking about, and that is, folks, there is a correlation between a lot of the problems in the city, how, you know, all this talk about we're going to do this and we need to do this for the kids and there's no opportunity and the reason there's violence, as um, you heard that Senator Tierra Mack was saying, is because of the water quality. There's uh, gang shootings because of a housing crisis, they say. There's uh, gang shootings because uh, of America's um, systematic racism. But if you really want to see... In 2017, in Providence, they passed, no one talks about this, but they passed the Community Safety Act. So some of the things that they're restricting police, such as the gang list, and I asked the mayor about this yesterday. Individuals have the right to inquire whether they're on the gang list and inform written notice within 10 days. The notice will explain the right to appeal and process the appeal individual's inclusion on the gang list. Before adding any individual under the age of 18 to the gang list, the police department will provide written notice to the individual and their parent guardian. Almost asking permission of a 16 to 17 year old kid, can we put you on the gang list? If the individual is not convicted of any crime within two years, doesn't mean they didn't do anything. It just means they haven't been able to catch them. Their name must be removed every year. Providence police must produce a report with the total number of people on the gang list. And a breakdown by age, race, ethnicity, gender, and the number of people appealed being on the gang list. Folks, notice all the onus is on police. There's no onus on the individuals in the community. Now, something else that is on this, they call it the Community Safety Act. What it really has done is put the community more at danger. How about traffic stops? Police have to tell the driver why they stopped before they ask for any documents. They can only ask for driver's license, car registration, proof of insurance. Police can't ask passengers for ID. Think of that. Many times there's criminals in the car and maybe they're not driving, but they're in a passenger in the car. You pull someone over. Everyone's asking a little sketchy. Some people in the back seat. Because of this, you can't ask, hey, how old are you? What's your name? Let me see an ID here. If only the criminal charges drive without a license, police cannot arrest the individual. So you're driving without a license, police can't arrest them. Traffic violations are not enough to arrest someone. And then you have privacy, youth, and immigrants. Police can only ask once a youth under the age of 18 for ID and must accept any statement that the youth, that they do not have form of ID. So you're 16, 17. Let me see your ID. I'm under 18. Only ask once. Police may not inquire about an individual's immigration status 
and any identification issued by a government outside the U.S. What does that tell you? Folks, what, in other words, this is not getting enough attention that this Community Safety Act has basically crippled the police. And a big part of this is this gang list where they can appeal the process. I don't want to be on that list. If I'm under the, you have kids 16, 17 years old in gangs. Look at that kid in Chicago. He was 13 years old. He was in a gang. So 17-year-old kid with a gun can't have that on the gang list without his permission and the parent's permission. What parent is going to give the police the permission on that? These are the things that are crippling the ability. If police were given the ability to truly go after criminals, they could solve a lot of this. But they're not interested in that. It is this mayor. It is the city council. They want to turn Providence into Portland. They want to make Providence. It's it's they want to make it this progressive. Well, guess what? They're getting an idea what a progressive oasis looks like. They're getting a, a look at it right now. And you can see a progressive oasis is great for criminals because the police have their hands tied. The police are handcuffed. The police can't do all the type of police work that they want to do. Criminals are given more power. You have to get criminals permission to put them on a gang list. When police are stopping people, they are very limited of what they can do, what they can't do. Folks, what they've done is they really have made the police hesitant to do some basic policing. You know, there's many different times. You had that situation with Amy uh, Amy shooting Jason Bergenson, where it was that uh, the two college kids, they were carjacked. And then that gang of uh, street thugs brought them out to Buttonhole Golf Course and basically executed them. They were stopped. They, um, they should have been stopped. There was a police officer. It was a bad police officer. It was a police officer that saw one of the gang members driving an SUV, which they had just stolen and carjacked. Different. That's funny. When I saw him earlier, he didn't have that vehicle. Now, that police officer should have gone. But, see, a lot of things can happen in a traffic stop. And in that moment, you know, police have a chance to radio for backup. Police have a chance to, who's that in the back? You're allowing these people to get away. You have wanted criminals. The fact you can't ask, I want to see an ID from everybody in this car right now. How about the fact they can't ask, what's your immigration? Are you a legal citizen here? They don't speak English. They won't give an address. And yet police in Providence are handcuffed from doing anything about it. But this gang list, this has really added to it. As a result of these provisions in the, quote, Community Safety Act, what they've done is membership in gangs has exploded. And that's a result of this progressive Providence City Council. See, they just deal in theory. They don't deal in reality. If you can't keep track of people, think of that. Why would you not want police to build up a database and know who it is that they're dealing with in the community? Who would do that? How is that keeping people safe? How is that helping anybody so if you're placed on the gang list, now listen, you're with that crew, you're hanging with them, you're seen with them, you're in videos with them, you're wearing or making the sign or they have tattoos that identify certain gangs or you're at a gang house, certainly seems like you're part of a gang. They talk with different people on the street and say, oh yeah, no, he's, he's an active gang member of such such a gang. You have to now get written permission to put some of these people in a gang. And when these things happen... And then they're saying, all right, there was a shooting. 
We know it was this gang. Where's our database? And let's now start tracking down some of the other gang members and finding out where were you Thursday night at 7 o'clock, 6.30, between, you know, 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Where were you? Do you have an alibi for that? Do you have anyone that can verify where you were during that period of time? But if you don't have a list, if they don't allow the police to have a gang list where you're just doing some basic reconnaissance and keeping data, and then when something happens, you know, they they had problems IDing some of the people in the hospital because they don't cooperate with uh, with police. They don't cooperate even with the doctors and nurses. So they have to bring in people that do follow it and say, wait a minute, I know who that is. He's with uh, the Lakeside Gang or he's with the Bucket West or he's with, you know, whoever it may be. When they pass this, there's no and notice no one talks about it. Yesterday at that press briefing, Congressman Cicilline, uh, Congressman Langevin, Sheldon Whitehouse, yesterday, Mayor Lorza, I asked about it, but they don't ask about it. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk that they've actually created a, an atmosphere where it's actually it's not safer for people. They've actually made it more dangerous for people. Think about that. Where is the accountability? Where does someone say, hey, wait a minute. You know, we need to allow the police to do what they have to do. Where does that come in? Why do you have a situation in Providence where you can't inquire about someone's immigration status? And that's why many times some some of you ask me, some of these people are arrested. Are they illegals? Or I don't think I know, as a matter of fact, that people don't understand that in the city of Providence, police are not allowed to inquire about an immigration status. Let me ask you something. How does that benefit the American citizen. Why would you have something like that? Why would you have that? That's not everywhere. Certainly not like that in border states, Texas, Arizona. They don't have that. Why in Providence do they have, a, a, you know, that's the, the new, that's on the books. That's the way they have to follow it. You cannot, police cannot ask about your immigration status. And even the, the element of someone in the age of 18, you know, anyone that There's a lot of punks, 16, 17 years old, especially 17. Police are not allowed. You can only ask once. How old? And then the kids say, they lie. Oh, I'm 17. Do you have an ID? No, I'm 17. You can't ask me. They know. They could be 18, 19. Let me see a form of ID. Oh, I'm under 18. Nope, don't have one. They know that. They're little punks. Nope. Blank the police. Defund the police, abolish the police. Those groups are doing so much damage to the inner city, and it's causing crime everywhere. You know, Providence should be a very easy city to manage in some ways, but you have to allow the police to go out there and do their thing. And and policing, and aggressive policing. But instead, you have a mayor, Mayor Alorza, when you ask him a question, this is the answer that you get. Attention, gang members. Everybody cool it. You're making me look bad. I'm trying to be governor. You're making it harder. Chill out with the shootings. Let me get through the primary. I told you I'd get you reparations. You know, he is, um, to me, you need a certain type of leader that can bring stability to uh, 
to the city. And I, I just don't think it's him. Hey, folks, I want to remind you, and again, it's John DePietro. If you are, let's just say, I want to want you to listen. If you've, ever, if you've been in an auto accident or a motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, domestic abuse, you need a fighter. You're entitled to be compensated for your injuries. Fight back. Call Jack. Jack Calvino, 401 785 Jack Calvino, fight back. Call Jack. You need a fighter that's going to get you what you're entitled to. Maybe you were in an accident, slip and fall, motorcycle accident. Well, Jack Calvino, 401 785 or online at fightbackcalljack.com. Free consultation, 401 785 Auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury. He has over 50 years personal experience, personal injury law, 100 combined total with the staff. You need a fighter. It would be nice if they just handed over to you and said, this is owed to you. You're entitled. They don't operate that way. You need a fighter. You need Jack Calvino. Remember what we say. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation. 401-785-9400. Again, if you were in an auto accident or a motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, and then you're offered pittance, pennies on the dollar, fight back. Call Jack. Go with the fighter. Free consultation. 401-785-9400-401-785-9400 or online. Fight back. Call Jack.com. He's the best. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Spring is here. Time to contact Bethel Certified Softwash. You can text Jared a free estimate at 401-617-2585. Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com. Outside your home, let's get rid of the grime and the stains. Maybe some of that, that green algae and moss and mildew that build up over the course of the winter. Call Bethel Certified Softwash today. Again, outside your restaurant or your home or a roof or a deck or a patio or a walkway, it's Bethel Certified Softwash. Remember, it's biodegradable. It's plant safe. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L. Their Facebook page, the before and after are just tremendous. Contact them today for a free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585, 401-617-2585. Again, remember, they have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com, Bethel Certified Soft Wash and Power Wash. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2 a.m. 1380, 99.9 FM. Joining us on the line right now is our friend from the National Right to Work Committee. It is President Mark Mix. Mark, it's John DePietro. Great to uh, talk to you again. And I, I want to talk about this research about people don't realize how much public, uh, the, the high government cost High government union states that have high government union density, just the the number that it does, and the high burden on taxpayers. 
Yeah, John, it's uh, not a surprise that the states with the highest density of uh, union monopoly control over their workers are the states that have the heaviest tax burden. And, you know, it's not really that difficult of, uh, to, to do the research. You just take the government union density and you, pour, you put it over state and local tax collections and you come up with this really interesting list that comes out with uh, no coincidence to us here at Right to Work in, in following the growth and the power of government unions, uh, particularly uh, right now, John, the teachers union that basically is controlling when our schools will reopen across the country. If uh, you can believe the CDC and the White House, they, they, uh, they're relying on Randy Weingarten, the president of the AFT, to do this. But basically what we found in this study, and this is the research arm of the National Right to Work Operation, the National Institute for Labor Relations Research, said that the 17 top union density states have a 31% higher tax burden than the 17 lowest density union states in the country. And the 16 states in the middle, uh, that, that, that burden is about 20, 22% greater from the high density unionization states to the, to the medium density unionization states. So not a surprise to you, John, not a surprise to me, but I think taxpayers might be surprised that the, 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 the power that government unions have to raise the cost of government and to raise the tax burden on citizens. Folks, we're speaking with uh, Mark Mix, who is the National Right to Work Committee president. Mark, I want to let's let's talk about Randy Weingarten because Ron Klein, who is the Biden chief of staff, he said in an interview when when he was asked this was weeks and months ago, what is this all about? He said it's about money. That essentially they want more money. It's it's almost as if when you're going to rent a car. They say, listen, if you want to rent a car, we'll give you a car, you know, but it'll be a small economy little car. It's 20 bucks a day or whatever it is, and it'll get you around. Now, if you want a luxury car, a nicer car, well, now we get into the $45, $50 a day. This suddenly has turned into, hey, we'll have a teacher teach the kids, but if you want he or she in the classroom, well, now you're going to have to pay a lot more to make that happen. Yeah, that's right, John. It's unfortunate. But I think what it's been, if nothing else, I mean, obviously, it's something you want to shake your head at. But what it has been is a display of what we've been talking about and lots of people have been talking about over the years. And that is how union officials have put themselves between taxpayers and elected officials and have a perch that's higher than, you know, the redress of grievances that we are, that we're supposed to get with our elected officials. Um, and it's really amazing how that manifests itself. I mean, you have you know union officials in California saying, you know, it's pretty cool. We get to elect our own bosses. You got you got people in New York City saying, "Yeah, you know, we control uh, the city of New York because we're the unions, and they can't do anything without us." I mean, these are these are you know anecdotes, obviously, but when you actually look at the facts and what it means to taxpayers, I mean, you've got to go back to Franklin Roosevelt in, in the 1930s when he was asked by a union official, you know, why don't we do this for government when they were unionizing all private sector workers in the country, or at least passing laws that would quote promote 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 unionism. I'm quoting our current president uh, when I use those three promotes. Um, but when he was asked about it, he said it's unthinkable we would do that. I mean, it's not the same. You can't you can't give a private organization power above ordinary citizens. The AFL-CIO, President George Meany said the same thing. The executive council of the AFL-CIO said the same thing back in the late 1950s. But now, you know, there are more government union members today in America, John, than there are private sector union members. Folks, again, we're speaking with, think of that, we're speaking with National Right to Work Committee President Mark Mix. And Mark, this also just goes back to that people don't understand is when you're dealing with a monopoly, and that's what they are, these are monopolies, it's impossible to negotiate when you're dealing with people in that position. 
Yeah, that's right. And I mean, you know, you get to you know, one example of that from this whole COVID experience has been the, the United Teachers of Los Angeles. I mean, they literally were holding out and negotiating over defunding the police and Medicaid for all. Those were their demands at the table in order to go back to work. I mean, it had nothing to do with educating children. It had everything to do with their monopoly power. To your point, John, they have that. And in Rhode Island, it's they've got it in spades. I mean, they've got it in spades in New York and California and Illinois. These states that were fiscal basket cases prior to the COVID relief bill that basically bailed out decades of mismanagement using other people's money um, to paper over what are you know huge, huge problems, structural problems in the cost and the increasing cost of government. I mean, and it's this union monopoly you speak of. It's, that's exactly the right word. It's a monopoly. And when you get monopolies, boy, oh boy, the power and the control uh, comes shortly thereafter. What is the end game here? Like, what does she want, Randy Weingarten, who the Biden administration obviously is kowtowing to? I don't remember. I mean, she is just like taking over the administration. You know, the president won't even confirm that kids should be back in the classroom in the fall. But what, what's their agenda, Mark? What does she want? Their agenda is power, and their agenda is control over the educational structure. And we have a government education system that is teaching things that I think people are beginning to realize are not productive. They have little to do with getting children prepared for careers and meaningful careers. They have little to do with critical thinking. They have little to to do with those types of things that I think people expect from from an education system or have come to expect and I think have been sorely disappointed. I mean, we don't have to look very far to see the metrics of of how the government school system is is hindering many, many children. And the competition, you know, they can't can't allow for competition. They gotta stop the charter schools. They gotta stop the private schools. They gotta stop any alternatives to this government monopoly educational system and that's what it's about and you know randy weingarten is a radical socialist she is just her views on on the world are completely different than a lot of school teachers john that you and i remember i mean they have successfully hid behind you know the teachers that you and i remember that had an influence and an impact on our lives and an impact on who we are today um and there are still teachers fortunately out there in the system that do that there are great teachers in america but unfortunately because of the union monopoly we don't reward the best teachers we simply say well you get more money if you stay longer and we don't uh, we don't encourage and incentivize young teachers to get into science and math and teach those type of stem educational opportunities that actually give children careers you know we just say okay get in line get in the system and you will be paid as much as the phys ed, phys ed teacher when you get your 30 years of, of seniority mark we we know some of the union states that uh it's such a monopoly and how it does affect taxes what are some of the states that are the exact opposite, where they just don't have this type of foothold and domination? Well, um, states like Arizona, Arkansas, and South Carolina, they don't have a bargaining statute that says you must bargain with unions over terms and conditions of employment for government employees. North Carolina has a strict prohibition against negotiating with unions. You can join a union, John. You can you know, join an association. You can join a union. You can go to lobby day at the state capitol. You can talk to politicians, you can go out and work for them on the campaign trail, but there is no obligation for elected officials to sit at the at the table and negotiate over taxpayer money with union officials. Virginia had that. We had it since 1993. A Democrat governor, Doug Wilder, signed a bill that said Virginia's not going to negotiate. We'll, we'll listen, we'll sit down, we'll talk, we'll hear what you want, we'll hear what you're thinking, we'll hear what your demands are, but we have no obligation to negotiate with you to a final contract on behalf of government workers in Virginia. Unfortunately, with the changeover in the Bloomberg and Soros money that poured into the, the state of Virginia a couple of years back and changed the House and the Senate, 
I mean, we now have, quote, local option bargaining. Uh, the city of Alexandria, right down the road from where our office is, has announced that they're going to have to add millions of dollars to their budget just to prepare for bargaining that the taxpayers of, of Alexandria are going to have to foot the bill for. So the, the, the model is you cannot give a private organization a position between taxpayers and citizens when it comes to government services. It's not the same as the private sector. I mean, you can allow people to voluntarily organize, to amplify their voice, just like you and I can when we get together and we go to the state capitol and say, you know, vote for this or vote against that. Unions should have no better position, or union officials, excuse me, union officials should have no better position than we have to redress our government. I have to send you, I'll send Jacob an article. You've got to see the story uh, locally here in Rhode Island where there's a city of Warwick. It's the second or third largest city, depending on, on how you look at it. But anyhow, uh, they have a provision where in the state, and they changed it to, in uh, 2018. Any, if a firefighter works over 42 hours, now the national average I think is 56, but Rhode Island they made it 42 hours, you, you get overtime. What they did was they used, they started doing where if they call in sick or take a vacation day, that counts as time worked. So each week they use sick days, vacation days, and then they'll work three days and that's all overtime. Mark, they have a firefighter, salary seventy two thousand. He made two hundred and thirty thousand in overtime, he made over three hundred thousand dollars. So they found there's a provision that they slipped into the state law. There's a new speaker of the house. He said he's open to removing that clause from this state law. Now it's worth millions. Tuesday night at nine thirty, he's brand new speaker of the house of Rhode Island. Mysteriously, his law office burned to the ground. <laughs> oh my gosh, John! Uh, you know I hate stories like that. I mean, you, yeah, people can draw their own conclusions from. You it. should see it. I, I have film of. I was like the first one. I, it, it looks like a bomb went off in the back of the building, and and the state fire marshal arrived on the scene and before the investigation said, "I don't think we're ever going to be able to determine the cause of the fire." Upon arrival. Oh my lord. <laughs> Well, you know, that's to your point, John. That's what happens when you grant monopolies. Yes. They create barriers to entry, and when there are potential threats to their monopoly power, um, things get weird. And, yeah. you know, the union movement has a history of that, too. I mean, not necessarily rank and file workers, but union leadership. They've got a great deal. I mean, look at the UAW, the United Auto Workers Union up in Detroit. Eleven of their top executives are either in jail or on their way to jail for, you know, extortion and embezzlement and all kinds of things, stealing from rank and file workers. And, you know, somehow that's not a news story um, to the outside of Detroit, but that's the type of thing that happens when you're granted this monopoly power over the lives and livelihoods of workers, mm. and in the case of Rhode Island, citizens. Yeah. What's the uh, website where people can uh, learn more? National Right to Work Committee. Yeah, you can find us at nrtwc, nrtwc.org. Folks, again, he's the president, Mark Mix. Mark, uh, great job. Uh For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Fully insured. WNRI Woonsocket, 1380 AM, 99.9 AM. Online at WNRI.com.